Hello, everyone. I'm Blake Farha. And I'm Jasmine. And this is See You in Sleep County, a podcast where we tell bedtime stories written for adults to help you rest easy, relax, and slip into a beautiful night of sweet, sweet slumber in that wonderful place we call Sleep County. And these stories are so very special because they're written by the one and only Jazz Meyer and taken from journals she's been keeping her entire life and adapted to be a pleasant, sensual experience to send you off to sleep. So they're beautiful, they're unique, and they're just for you. We want to thank you so much for listening and being here with us tonight. So Jazz and I started this podcast as a way to stay in touch after she left Berlin and went to Portugal. We wanted to do something that we could, you know, create something beautiful together. And the response has thus far just been fantastic and really better than we could have ever hoped. In just a few short episodes, we have listeners in over 50 countries, and they listen to our stories to fall asleep. They listen to them while they're on their commutes to work, while they're creating their own art, and just as a way to relax for a bit. So we just couldn't be more thrilled that this little podcast, which just started out as a way for two friends to stay close, has really begun snowballing into something that brings people joy and relaxation from this buzzing, busy world. And, you know, as artists and creators, Jazz and I really believe that few things are more important and more magical than putting beautiful things into the universe to be enjoyed by others. But of course, as is often the case, it can be difficult to focus on creating those beautiful things when we have to find ways to pay the bills. So we decided we wanted to allow people to support this podcast and support this beautiful budding idea by creating a Patreon. So if you'd like to support See You in Sleep County, we now have a Patreon account where you can donate as little as two euro a month and become patrons of Sleep County and help us to continue growing and help us to continue bringing more beautiful, wonderful bedtime stories to help you relax and enjoy your time in this busy world. So if you'd like to support this little podcast in continuing to grow and to develop, as Blake said, for as little as two euros a month, you can become a traveler in Sleep County. And as a big thank you to all of our travelers out there, we'll give you a shout out in the opening credits of the podcast in our social media posts, and in the descriptions of the episode for all new supporters of See You in Sleep County. And if you feel like you'd like to stick around and stay for a while, you can become a resident in Sleep County for as little as five euro a month. And for all of our residents, we'll email you a PDF download of all the bedtime stories we've told this month so that you can pick up reading where you last dozed off. And all of our residents will be entered into a raffle each and every month to win a free copy of my new book, Lost on the Way, a journal from the Camino de Santiago which is my uncensored journal that I kept with me all along the Camino de Santiago as I walked 600 miles across Spain. And if you want to help make this little podcast as sustainable as it can be, you can become a founder of Sleep County for 15 euros per month. And with that, you'll get all of the benefits of the other tiers, as well as being invited to the Sleep County Town Hall, which will be a monthly Ask Me Anything with Blake and I, as well as a live reading so you're essentially getting an extra episode of Sleep County per month. And as well, you'll be invited to have a one-on-one -on -one interview with me, which means I'll take a little part of your life, a little moment, a little memory, and turn it into an episode of Sleep County so that you can really become part of the podcast itself. And for all of those of you who are unable to join the Sleep County Town Hall, don't worry, we'll be recording that episode and sending it out as an extra monthly bonus episode to all of our founders. So if you're interested in helping to support this podcast and becoming a part of Sleep County, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash see you in Sleep County, and you can become a part of this podcast and watch as it blooms and blossoms before your very eyes. 
Jazz, tell me, what's uh, what's new in the world of Jazz Meyer? <laughs> um, one very interesting and recent development, actually, is that I have started going to the gym for the first time in my entire 30 years of life. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's been a very unique experience. Did you actually get a gym membership? I have one month of personal training. Um, wow. So I'm starting off with that and seeing how it develops. Wonderful. But, what brought on this new adventure? Um, I recognized and I have recognized for a while that I, I don't feel as connected with my body as I would mm-hmm. like to. Like I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel as aware of, of my physical being as I could. So after one, yeah, long dark night of the soul, you might say, I oh boy. found myself Googling um, gym, gyms in the area at like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know. It feels, it feels nice. It feels good to be doing something to connect me with my body and yeah, something to give me a bit more, I don't know, like motivation maybe or yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's an ongoing experiment, I suppose. But so far, it's been well illuminating, I suppose. Well, that's good. That's that's what you want an existential crisis to lead to. Although I must admit, you've taken a very interesting um, path to get to illumination <laughs> through an existential crisis. I myself, being the king of existential crises, have never landed upon. Okay, do you know what? I just need to go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, it's all sort of part of the rich tapestry of mental health, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. You know, um, I think you and I have spoken about this quite a lot. Just you never know sort of which habit or which practice is the one that, you know, pushes you over the edge from, you know, despair or melancholy and into mental health, like into wellness, into well-being. Mm. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's part of, you know, a larger approach at offering myself more love and care and um, I think physically is just one of the ways that I don't really manifest my self-care so mm. yeah this is um yeah a new approach and yeah I'm hoping and I think I'm seeing that it's it's really allowing me to feel more yeah in touch with my body and and just the act of doing something for my for my well-being you know is yeah is um valuable in and of itself. Oh, well, absolutely. I have so much to say on the matter. I think physical health is so important, obviously, and I think it's often we discount how, how much the mind-body connection you know, really exists and really affects us. And if you have an unhealthy body, you're likely to have an unhealthy mind. And it's so important to use, you know, use exercise as a way of boosting your mental health. I mean, there's so much to be said about that. Uh, one thing that I really love about working out, and I for my own mental health reasons, have for most of my life had a pretty rigorous workout routine, rigorous workout schedule, um, mostly for my mental health. And one thing that I really like about it is if I, I find that if I work out first thing in the morning, I feel like I've conquered the day already. I feel like I've already done something that is purely good for my mind, good for my body, makes me look good, makes me feel strong, makes me feel confident. So anything I do after I've worked out I feel like it's just a bonus. Like my day has already been mm-hmm. successful because I've done one really beautiful act of self-care and now everything else that comes and it's nine o'clock in the morning. So a lot's going to come today. 
everything else is just a bonus. And I feel, yeah, it helps me really feel like I can only be successful today. I can only win. You know, I've already, I've already, I've already won and it's 9am. So that's a great feeling. Mm, wow. That's a, yeah, that's a really beautiful way of looking at it. And yeah, like I said, I think there are so many ways of taking care of oneself. And sometimes it's, yeah, in these little things, you know, the routine. And yeah, sometimes it's in bigger things, you know, like um, tonight's story is yeah, a little bit about that, actually, about making choices that support growth and support well-being in one way or another. Mm. Um, yeah, so tonight actually will be, tonight's story is actually my favorite so far. I think wow. it's, because it's one of my favorite memories and one that I've kept very dear for my whole life. So I'm, I'm really, really grateful to be able to share it now um, and hope that other people sort of find some value in it as well. Oh, I'm certain they will. It's so exciting. Can you tell us a little bit more about what we're going to be reading tonight? Yeah, it's um, so tonight's story is called Universal Vertigo. And oh, another spectacular title by Jazz Meyer. My <laughs> goodness, Universal Vertigo. Tell me more. You've got me hook, line and sinker. <laughs> so the story is set when I was, I think, 20. Yeah, 20 or 21, maybe. And um, it was the first time that I had taken sort of, I don't know, a trip by myself, like a little adventure. Um, so this just tells the story of a little sort of impromptu road trip that I took with a stranger um, from Woodford in North Queensland to Melbourne. And I, we stopped in the middle of the night uh, for our first night of camping on this three-day road trip. And... Well, I won't, I won't ruin it. The story will reveal more. But oh, this moment of, yeah, of stopping, stopping to camp in, in just this incredibly beautiful place is really a memory that I revisit again and again. And it gives me a sense of beauty and peace and insignificance. Um, yeah, well, I, I won't say any more. I'll leave it to you to do that, Blake. Oh, thank you so very much, Jazz, for being so open and for sharing such a vulnerable personal experience with uh, with me and with all of our listeners. It's so, so beautiful. Mm, thank you. It's such a privilege to be able to to do this, to share this, and to know that, yeah, there are people listening who, I don't know, get a little glimpse into, into my life and find something in there that's helpful, I hope, and, mm -hmm. yeah, brings them into this beautiful state of relaxation and I hope wonder at the the beauty of the universe. Hmm. So, yeah, with that, I'll I'll hand it to you, Blake, to reveal the rest of this magical experience. And for those of you listening at home, I'll see you in Sleep County. Thank you so very much, Jazz. As we prepare for tonight's story. Gently close your eyes and snuggle into bed. Allow yourself to find the position that feels just right. And when you've found that perfect spot nestled among the covers, take a nice, slow, deep breath, letting the worries of the day drift away as you exhale. Imagine the air falling into your belly and chest as you breathe in effortlessly. And as you breathe out, 
Imagine the breath falling out of you again. Take a moment to feel the bed beneath you, gently supporting your body. Release any tension you might be feeling, starting with the muscles in your face. One by one, allow them to go slack. Let the muscles in your arms, shoulders, and chest relax. Move your attention to your belly, your lower back, and let them sink into the mattress. Release any tightness you feel in your thighs, your knees, your calves, and your feet. And enjoy for a moment the feeling of total relaxation. Your body totally at ease. And now, for tonight's story. Universal Vertigo by Jazz Meyer The long stretch of road seemed to roll on endlessly in front of us as we sped our way along its graying tarmac. Maya sat perched behind the wheel, her petite frame seeming even tinier than it was in contrast to the bulky four-wheel drive that she commanded. In a loose singlet and cut-off jeans, black hair billowing in the wind of the open window, she possessed an energy and a vibrance far younger than her forty-five years. Her voice rang through the car, a smoky voice squeezed tight with the effort of competing with the rush of the wind. But it had a brightness to it, that same youthful energy coursing through her words as she recounted tales of a lost lover and their tumultuous romance. I listened carefully, letting her story wash over me like the wind did. We were strangers, or had been, up until that morning, meeting only in order to share the three-day drive from Woodford to Melbourne. After a week spent at my favorite summer festival, I'd been looking for another adventure, for something out of the ordinary, and had advertised, through a friendly handwritten poster, my desire to hitch a ride with whomever was headed down south. Maya had happily obliged me, and now, here we were, sharing the front seat of her car, and soon, the camper that we trailed along behind us. Outside, the scenery had changed its face several times, from lush rainforest to concrete suburbia, to the towering eucalyptus ubiquitous to the Australian landscape. Here in the lowlands, the flora was scarce. The roadside features consisting of hewn stone and sparse scrub. The air carried the fading heat of the day with it, now that we had departed a little from the coast, and I closed my eyes to the rushing scenery, feeling only the warm air on my skin and the rumble of the engine that carried me to a faraway place. 
I let the reality of this little adventure soak into me, soak into my bones, and with it came the joy of the unknown. For much of my young life, I had measured my risks carefully, taking solace in the safety of the familiar. My personal sphere was limited, mostly to a group of people that shared my worldview, that challenged me but only within the bubble that we inhabited. For some time, I'd been yearning for some kind of expansion, the tug of the unfamiliar growing more and more insistent. It wasn't even a conscious choice, more of an inevitable eventuality. Now, for perhaps the first time, I felt the elation of stepping outside of my routine, outside of the safe little box I usually held myself within. And I thanked myself for taking this trip, for offering a thought to the universe and seeing the universe respond in kind. I had never before visited the bustling art city that was Melbourne, and even now, I had no particular reason for going there, outside of a curiosity to see more of the country I called home. The curiosity was its own reward, opening me to new experiences, new places, and new people. Beside me, Maya prattled on, her own stories, twists, and turns inspiring that connective power of shared humanity that every story aims to convey. This woman, this near stranger, was sharing her life with me, if only a small chapter of it, and I grinned at the beautiful chance that had brought us together. Outside my window, the earth was beginning to take on that orange glow that a summer sunset brings, the white stones and gray road taking on the hue of the sun's fading rays. The air still warm, but there was a hint of freshness in it, the scent of cooling leaves and approaching dusk. Soon, we were veering back toward the coast, following the line of the Pacific Highway as it carried us south, joining with the other arterial roads that wound their way down the length of the continent. On our way, the scrub and granite were slowly replaced by bush, the shades of green multiplying as we drove on toward the cool of the ocean and the promise of sustained life. The journey meandered on, Maya and I exchanging tales and shifting from that solitary existence of strangers to the nebulous space of acquaintances and into the warm, comforting familiarity of friends. I was heartened by her generosity and trust, her willingness to take on a companion for this trip, and the openness with which she spoke of her ex-lover. I imagined a young, long-haired hippie, not much older than me, with a radiant smile to match Maya's and a heart just as open. I told her of my desire for adventure, for the friend awaiting me in Melbourne, and for the sheltered life that awaited me back home. Our voices and laughter carried us through the evening as the sun sank low and the sky turned white 
then purple, then black, and the last of the twilight pink glow faded into the night. The air was cool now, chilling the sweat that still clung to my forehead from the heat of the day. Against the darkening sky, eucalyptus forests loomed, their drooping branches silhouetted picturesquely, each teardrop leaf casting itself against the navy blue beyond. The stars were emerging one by one, and I caught a glimpse of them above the street lamps as we coasted along the highway, sometimes brushing the coastline and glimpsing the great unknown of the ocean beyond. The day was stretching on, and we had kept each other lively with conversation. But now the night was setting its weight upon us, and Maya was growing weary of the drive. She called it then, veering off the highway at the nearest exit, and bringing the high buzz of the engine down to a lower rumble as she shifted gears. We cruised slowly through a little beachside town, the sign upon our entrance reading Vala Beach. The time was approaching midnight, but even now the town seemed lively, groups of friends talking garishly as they strolled down the main street, couples walking hand in hand, laughing at each other's jokes. The occasional restaurant still flashed its open sign, inviting us in for a midnight snack. We stopped for a quick meal, an attempt at dinner when what we really wanted was sleep. And our basic sustenance taken care of, we climbed sleepily back into the car to find a place to camp for the night. Maya, it turned out, had been there before, and she knew a perfect place, she said. Starting up the car with a friendly rumble, she navigated away from the town proper and toward a quiet road that led us out into the darkness. By the glow of the headlights, I saw only a trail lined with sand and scrub, winding through a series of turns and surrounded by the night. After a few minutes, the car shuddered to a stop as we reached our destination. Tired and grateful for the rest ahead of me, I stumbled out of the car, the immense darkness of the night encompassing me at once. And alongside the darkness, a sound, an all-consuming sound that threatened to unbalance me, so sudden and enormous was it. I recognized it at once as the sound of the ocean, that deafening roar of waves forming and crashing endlessly. The noise built a wall that pressed upon me from the black of the night and would not cease. I was surrounded by the grumble and hiss of ocean meeting land, and in the blindness of that dark night, I envisioned my surroundings, painting a picture from the sound. We were high up on a cliff, I thought, the tumultuous sea crashing and churning far below. I imagined a vast seascape stretching out before me, revealed only by its roar. I looked out into the blackness, searching for a clue, until my eyes drifted higher and higher, and in a moment I was hit again 
this time by the roof of stars that was laid out above me. The effect was incredible. Out there, on the edge of the earth, the sky was alive with a breathtaking expanse of speckled light. Innumerable stars, planets, suns, nebulae, glittered across the sky like a wave that mirrored the sea below. I could trace the Milky Way from horizon to horizon, see the cross-section of our own galaxy, and feel the immeasurable vastness of space. A friend had once taught me to see the night sky in three dimensions, and I practiced this now, shifting my perception for a moment. The roof suddenly expanded, throwing each pinprick of light into its own depth and leaving me reeling with a divine vertigo. I was struck suddenly by the enormity of it all, by the spectacular insignificance of my being in the midst of the universe. My stomach dropped with the unique sensation of falling, of dropping far away from solid footing and jumping into the vastness of the unknown. I saw for a perfect moment the freedom of this insignificance, holding it still in my mind for the seconds that the perspective lasted, and then the roof reassembled itself. The sky returned to its two dimensions, and my vertigo faded as quickly as it had come. The effect remained, though, and tears began to form in the corners of my eyes, tears that flowed out of a sense of great relief. I stood there for a long time, staring up at the sky as the ocean raged around me, until Maya called me to the camper, and we settled in for the night. The camper was cozy, and we lay side by side, letting the day slip away as the cool night air washed over us. Here, in the midst of summer, it was still warm enough to leave the door open, and I drifted softly into sleep, listening closely to the waves crashing until my drowsiness carried me away and into the depths of Sleep County. The next morning, I awoke with the sunrise that came streaming in through the open door. I felt at first the early morning light touching me, though my eyes remained closed, and I took my time listening again to the sea before I opened them. It was softer now, the tide lower and less vocal than the night before. I let my eyelids fall open and turned to the ocean to find a glowing pink and orange hue that kissed the sky, turning the wispy clouds fuchsia as they hovered over the waking sun. I was surprised to find my vision from the night before was totally amiss, that my senses had misled me into an imaginary scene. Rather than perched atop a cliff, we were level with the ocean in a little cove, the white sand of the beach just a few steps from where I lay. To the north and south, the cove was flanked by towering masses of ragged rocks that stretched out into the water, the misty morning air hanging gently around them, blurring their forms. The morning sun had called to those who knew the sea, and surfers dotted the dunes and splashed in the water, hoping to catch an early morning wave. 
The sky was lightning quickly, casting its glow across the water, being tossed and turned in the breaking of the waves. I climbed out of the camper, Maya already ahead of me, and walked down to the edge of the sand. My toes found the soft grains, cool with the night, and I sunk my feet in a little, relishing the nuance of that sensation. I walked for a while, letting the surfers move at will around me, and made my way down to the water. My feet left prints on the wet sand, a journal of sorts, proving, just for a moment, that I had been there. I moved closer still, following the uneven line of water that licked at the shore, occasionally overtaking me and splashing my feet with its salty wash. I breathed in the sea air and remembered the liberation of the night before, the openness of the sky above me, the endlessness of space in all its surrounding glory. Now, in the light of day, that moment of exaltation was out of reach, except for in my memory, and I vowed I would hold it with me, hold it in my chest, for any time I might need a reminder. For now, though, the journey that faced me was not in, but down, and I headed back toward the car for the next leg of my perfectly insignificant trip into another unknown. That was Universal Vertigo, written by the one and only Jazz Meyer. I hope you enjoyed Jazz's wonderful tale about the beauty of insignificance and the awe-inspiring mystery of the cosmos and the joy of making a new friend. If you're still awake, I hope you're feeling relaxed and are ready to rest easy. And if you're not quite tired yet, you can always listen to another episode of See You in Sleep County. And hopefully by the end of that wonderful tale, you'll already be lost somewhere deep in the land of dreams. I want to thank you so much for joining us for another episode of See You in Sleep County. As always, if you'd like to become part of this podcast, you can visit patreon.com slash seeyouinsleepcounty and your donations will get you wonderful benefits as well as help us continue to put the time, love, and energy into this podcast that we know it deserves. And if you'd like to support us in another way, tell your friends, family, and loved ones about See You in Sleep County, and let them know just how many beautiful stories are waiting here for them. I want to thank you again for giving us your time and attention and listening to See You in Sleep County. There will be so many stories to come, and we look forward to sharing them all with you. I want to thank you once again for joining us for another episode of See You in Sleep County. I'm Blake Farha, and I want to wish you good night, sweet dreams, and I'll see you in Sleep County. <laughs>